Hey, everybody. It's Max Fun Drive. It's Max Fun Drive. It's um, one last week of driving. Yes. To the max. <laughs> um, we know this has been a really tough time. It has been for all of us. We've all been asked to make sacrifices for the common good. We've been giving up a lot, a lot, some people more than others. We like to think Max Fun Drive is kind of a, a good example of what we can accomplish when we work together. And I think it's something that's worth celebrating right now. Yeah, this is a community of tens of thousands of people who all rely on each other to make some really great stuff happen. Uh, so it's a it's a great time to support us if you like what we do and if you like our podcast and if you like the other podcasts that Max Fun uh, puts out every week, then uh, you can give. Um, joining Max Fun right now is really quick and easy. You just visit maximumfun.org/join, and you'll see all the different levels and the thank you gifts we can offer with each. Yeah. There's great gifts. You can get an endorsed horse pin. Um, <laughs> it's really us. cool. <laughs> you also, it is really cool. Um, uh, you can also get all the great bonus content, which is now a pretty large library at just $5 per month. Yeah. At $10 per month, you get to choose a cool enamel pin from your favorite show. For us, it is obviously the endorsed horse pin. We endorse this endorsed pin. Yes. <laughs> and you can also purchase others with the proceeds going to charity for any additional pin that you buy. At $20 per month, you can get the MaxFun custom game pack with MaxFun dice in a velvet bag with the rocket logo and a deck of custom MaxFun playing cards with podcast-inspired designs. And you can check all of this out and more at MaximumFun.org slash join. Check it out. Now let's do the show. Woo! A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello babies. babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. I'm the sassy one. I'm the cute one. <laughs> <laughs> it really did sound like when we say I'm Emily, I'm Lisa, it sounds like we're about to give ourselves more descriptors and I couldn't think of one. I no. don't think I'm the sassy one. I think we're both cute and sassy. Yeah, I think so too. Um... <laughs> Oh, man. I just remembered. My friend from college came up with a really good game to ratchet up the sexual tension of any situation. Oh, boy. Like, to get people to hook up with each other, uh, like, at a party. It's a game called, I think it's, like, Funny, Cute, Sexy. And, like, you make people go around, and for each person... Pick two of those adjectives to oh, describe Oh, I like this game. Yeah. And it's like, what do you think I am? And it's like, I think you're funny and sexy. Like, and yeah. it has to be two of those. And it, honestly, it really works. <laughs> <laughs> what if you, can you double up words? You're funny and funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. That's the thing. That's a great game. Uh, I think we're both like on the funny, cute spectrum. That's what people said about me when I played that game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I, I know I'm not sexy. 
project sexiness. I had someone that I know who I did stand up with in San Francisco tell me one time, you don't seem like you fuck. Oh, that's so <laughs> rude. And I was like, I actually do quite a bit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely fuck. <laughs> me to be t- determined. <laughs> possibly you do. possibly a virgin. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone could read your comics and think that, though. Yeah, I think my comics make it me seem more fucky than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overcompensating much? <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> how have you been, Lisa? What has been going on? Oh, I'm okay. I'm uh, running things from home. <laughs> yeah. Just working a lot. Doing show yeah, show running. You're making things. Tuca and Birdie right now. That's right. Uh, I'm I've started recording actors from their closets. <laughs> oh man, how is that? I'm in my closet right now for the first time. I hope the sound is improved. I must say the sound quality from the closets has been very good. Yeah, which is great because I was a little worried we'd have to re-record them, but so far it's wonderful, and I get to look at their clothes. Oh yeah, <laughs> are you? Are you envious? Uh, I can't see that much detail, but it does look nice. Well, I mean, the custom shelving is oh, is like that's definitely oh goal, yeah goals. Um, the the more famous that's always my favorite part of any of those like architectural digest like famous actor home tours. Yeah, is the closets. Oh my god, they always have like shelves for their purses and whatever. Yeah, my the walls of my closets you can't really see right now. Maybe you can see a little bit. Are like cheese. Like Swiss cheese. I've just <laughs> installed and uninstalled, like, uh, shelving over and over again, trying to figure out how to make it work. I'm very impressed that you did this yourself. I mean, some of it I had other people do, but a lot of it I did myself. Yeah. I didn't do a great job, but it's really I mean, hard. it pretty much works now. Now it's like a weird, you know, cemetery of things I don't need anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do not need any of these clothes right now because I just, I wear the same shit every day yes my closet's like a museum of what the times were like before yeah i'm like i feel like my clothes that are like for other people to see are like they're starting to smell weird (laughs) yes (laughs) and i'm not i'm just never gonna be like eliza skinner who is great has been putting on really cute outfits to walk her dog yeah and uh, posting them. I and just don't I, have the energy. I don't. I'm just not going to be that person, I don't think. I don't want to dress up for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I The closest I came is today when I walked Alan. I wore some, um, you can see, translucent Japanese uh, socks. Oh, those are very cute. Yeah. Those are sexy. But, those are, those and are I was cute like, and sexy. <laughs> these, are, these are socks that I only wear when I want to, like, pull together a look. Yeah. And I just haven't been wearing them in quarantine, but I'm like, they're basically mesh. They seem like good hot weather socks. Why am I not wearing them in the summer? (laughs) So I tried them today. What's impressive is today I am actually wearing jeans. Ooh. Right? I know. La dee da. Who do I think I am? I don't even want to dress up for like an event. Like, uh, like I have a book event that that you're gonna be at. Like, you're gonna interview yes. me on this uh, video chat for Powell's. Uh, this is gonna be uh, August twentieth. If any of y'all want to, oh, yeah. tune in and listen. Um, 
it's going to be like a live baby geniuses. Um, <laughs> not really, but um, yeah, I don't even, I'm like, ugh, do I have to dress up for that? <laughs> I mean, I think like waist up maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've been like pitching a show for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should talk about, I mean, just to let you in on what it's like to be a TV writer uh, when you want to make a TV show, the first thing you do is you pitch it. Um, is it nice before to, you even write it? Is it nice to be able to pitch over, like over Zoom? Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing. So usually when you do this, you go into like the Hulu offices and you like wait in a lobby for a while and you go into a conference room. It involves a lot of driving to Santa Monica, which is horrible. The worst. Um, the absolute worst. And then you go into a conference room and they bring you very small bottles of water and then you just talk it. for like 20 minutes about what the show is going to be. Um, and you do th- and then you drive to another office that day and you do it. So you're just like in your car the whole time. And it's, uh, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but uh, I think I like it more than other TV writers do just because like I have a background in performance mm-hmm. and not a, not every TV writer does. So I feel like I'm pretty good in those rooms, but we did them all over zoom and it was kind of great because the way that it works is like, you kind of have this like script that you've written out and you try and make it sound conversational, but you can't remember everything. So you do have to keep looking down at the paper, but when you're over zoom, you could just have the document up on screen and no yeah. one can tell where you're looking. Like they know you're reading, but it looks like, you're making eye contact with them and you don't have to make eye contact with anyone. And it doesn't, I don't know. It was kind of great. Oh, I love that. I've, yeah, yeah, I've been um, like pitching all of our episodes to Adult Swim over the phone and it's great. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm just like, you know, I can read off a thing, but trying to make it sound fresh. (laughs) Um, It's just, and it's, I just love not having to go through the rigmarole of having to drive a place and like be nervous in their waiting area and like, trying not to like have diarrhea, you know, (laughs) I can stay at home and have diarrhea at home. And it's great. (laughs) I thought, I thought like, you know, I wouldn't have such an upset stomach doing this stuff from home, but no, I I still, my body doesn't, my body doesn't know. Yeah. But at least you don't have to wear jeans. Yeah. And I I mean, you also, and nobody knows. I I can smell like shit. I can smell like absolute shit while I'm like working. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to shower. Yeah, yeah, it's that part of it's pretty great. Great. Um, I don't. Remember. Everything's everything's wonderful right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember why I started talking about why we started talking about that, but uh, oh, just talking about what to wear on video calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just ordered a, like, now that all those meetings are done, I just ordered this, like, it's like a green screen that attaches to the back of your office chair. Ooh, yeah. Because my computer won't do the Zoom backgrounds without a green screen. Yeah. And I didn't want, and I have been using, like, a an analog uh, <laughs> photo backdrop for my Zoom calls. Like, I just put up a, like, a stand that has, like, a curtain with, like... A beautiful, like, starry, abstract, I've seen. like, photo backdrop. Yeah. And then um, that's always, like, a good icebreaker in a new meeting to be like, look, I can't do the real one, so I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, but so I just ordered, like, a green... But you can do a green screen. If you have a green screen, you can do 
the Zoom background. So I just got one that like attaches to the back of my chair. It's like a big green screen circle that attaches and I haven't used it yet. Adam got but- one and our dog thinks it's the devil and that is <laughs> going to kill her. <laughs> She's really afraid of things oh. like that. Anything that's it- kind of flappy and big, she hates. That's why she hates me. Yeah, you're so flappy. I'm so flappy. (laughs) She is afraid of me, though, and it's baffling. She's afraid of everyone. Yeah. She's afraid of me. (laughs) She doesn't trust me yet. (laughs) Well, you are a pretty deceptive person. Am I? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, I've been doing a lot of... um, tie-dye and embroidery Ooh, i have a lately. tie-dye kit that i ordered and it finally came and oh I, yeah i haven't played with it yet but i was gonna like try to tie-dye my own saddle pad <laughs> do it yeah i've just been doing bleach tie-dye mm, cool so which anyone can do with if you have bleach in your house oh that's um, smart i didn't even think of that yeah i mean you can still do it you can do like bleach and then tie-dye on top of it Like those cool Big Bud Press magic waters. That's how they do that. Oh, they're my favorites. I had no idea how they did them. I just love them. Yeah, I think they do do bleach tie-dye, and then once that's done, they do the other tie-dye on top of it. It's so pretty. They take a black garment, but yeah. So I've been, like, trying to keep my hands busy with things that are not my phone lately. I am trying to jump into the roller skate trend at the worst possible time. <laughs> oh my god, I've talked to a few different people who are getting into roller skating right now. Yeah, I am way too late and I am bidding on some overpriced roller skates on eBay right now. <laughs> I have like one eye on this as we talk. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know why I'm like obsessed with it this week. I'm almost surely going to fall on my ass and I'm going to be frustrated by how difficult it is. I think you'll be good at it. Oh, that's nice of you to say. I think you will. That's very nice. Um, (laughs) I just like, I think, I think seeing like Nicole Byer and Sashir skating was the tipping point where I was finally like, this looks fun as fuck. I want to do it. Yeah. I did get annoyed because I was reading about the trend and um, all these articles were like saying like this uh, TikToker is responsible for the, you know, revitalizing of roller skating. And it was like some white TikToker. I'm like, no, that's not, no, that's not it. (laughs) I don't think that's true. (laughs) That is not true. And there are some. Did she also invent cornrows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's been a lot of whitewashing. Um, I, in my opinion, the best roller skaters are the uh, black women who are roller skating on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. They're really, really, really talented at skate dancing and dancing and yeah. Um, I don't think I, yeah, I definitely, I follow a few black roller skaters. I don't think I follow any white roller skaters. Yeah. But who knows? Um, What was I going to say? I don't remember. (laughs) I do feel like I've gotten, I've like returned to the stage of quarantine that's like, and I don't think this reference means anything to you. There's an episode of Frasier right after he gets fired from KSEL where he does like 18 hobbies in one episode because he's in <laughs> denial about he's like, Daphne, will you go get my uh, <laughs> my crepe pan, my zither and my <laughs> roller skates? Like <laughs> That is absolutely what's happening right now. It's absolutely what's happening right now. I think it's like episode it's the episode is called Good Grief if you want to watch it. Um, I do. I have hobbyitis. I I was feeling really guilty about wanting roller skates because I have like eighteen other hobbies that are sitting in a pile, and I yeah, <laughs> and, and none of them are like good enough. I need more. 
I'm trying to be like realistic about it. Like I bought myself a kalimba. What's that? Which a is a like a little like thumb piano musical instrument. <laughs> it's like this big. It's like the size of you know a, a notebook basically. I'm like I should have grabbed it. I could play you some music that I've been writing. But it was one of those things where I I thought about getting a guitar because I used to play a little bit of guitar and like the like it has. I have been wanting to like play music and be able to like play and sing and I could do that with guitar. Yeah. Um and I have like a little concertina and I thought about but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to devote a lot of space in my room to a guitar that I might stop playing. So I'm like going to be realistic about the fact that I might stop doing whatever this is and I'm going <laughs> to buy a really small instrument. Meanwhile, um, I was trying to convince you to get like a cello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and my mom. <laughs> I still think you should go for it, but but it, if you like the kalimba then go for kalimba. Yeah. This is a kalimba. Pretty. It's pretty, right? Yeah. You can just kind of like fuck around on it and it doesn't really ever sound bad. I want you to like write a little song now about Tristan de Kunhas. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I have been writing a song, but the just just the it's just the tune. It I haven't written any words for it. Mm -hmm. But that's what I was playing a little of. Wait. That's just the first part. Beautiful. Thank you. Anyway, I'm in hobby in my, in the hobby zone right now for sure. It's just like I need. I don't know why. It's just like each new hobby is like delivering a shot of dopamine <laughs> that I yeah. just desperately need. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I would just need to do something with my hands. Yeah, that keeps me away from my phone or the computer. Yeah. Um. Too much computering. Too much computering. And it's too, I think it's also, it's too hot to be out in the garden for too long right now. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been able to do that. I'm sure when it cools off, I'll be like <laughs> done with everything else. But uh, <laughs> it's, I uh, ate my first zucchini from the garden yesterday. Ooh. It was delicious. Nice. Very excited. I've been like in sort of a weird transitional period right now where the only thing that I can eat from the garden is the peppers because like I ate all the ripe tomatoes and now I'm waiting for the next batch to ripen and it's like hasn't been a good time to plan anything and my cucumbers are gone and everything else <laughs> is sort of like just growing and not like I haven't my cantaloupe plants are growing but they don't have any fruit on them yet and like my squash plants I've been like it's just been male flowers for so long <laughs> Um, I've just been like waiting for female blossoms because you can only grow fruit on the female blossoms. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and like the female, and then you have to make sure that they get pollinated by the male ones. So I was watching all these YouTube videos about how to hand pollinate them just in case like they don't get naturally pollinated. And like every one of the videos that I watched, like whoever was doing the how-to video just immediately made like the most immature jokes about it because like the male flowers... They do look like a penis yeah. on the inside. And then you like, you either, you can take like a, a Q-tip or something and rub the pollen off of it. But like a lot of the people just would pick the flower and then use the little penis and stick it inside the female <laughs> flower. And they all either like giggled while they did it or were like, <laughs> and I was like, 
I can't believe this. And then the second I got an opportunity to do it, I immediately did the exact same thing. <laughs> I, I would have as well, for sure. <laughs> it was It's just impossible not to. I also feel like my my views on um po- like my female blossoms have been like the exact opposite of how I feel about w- uh, like female people you're like, <laughs> like you must produce a child yes I'm like if you don't give me a baby I'm gonna <laughs> chop your head off <laughs> this is what you're here for <laughs> you will serve me <laughs> and the plant is like no I choose my career <laughs> uh yeah i'm like open up you dumb bitch <laughs> it's very I'm, wow i don't like the thoughts that are going through my head as i'm doing this but uh it'll all be worth it when i start to eat yep. these delicious squashes to eat their delicious children yes exactly um i speaking of food we got an email from someone who works at a grocery store oh yeah should, um, I, should I read this um Yes, please. Uh, I just went back to working in a grocery store, and I wish customers would enforce masks on each other. If someone isn't wearing theirs, we have to be extra polite telling them to put it back on. But you don't. Maybe do it in front of workers for your own protection in case they try to start a fight so we can kick them out. But please be nasty to selfish assholes. And I thought Um, that was a great tip. Um, We are amplifying this message. So for the sake of grocery workers... Get in other people's faces to tell them to wear masks because the grocery workers are not allowed to be rude to them. Yeah. And this is hard. I'm so bad at confrontation. When I see someone not too. wearing a mask, I assume it's for a reason and I just stay the fuck away from them. But like it's uh, people should wear masks. Yeah, it's really it's it's really hard. I mean, but if you if you have it in you to tell people to wear masks. Yeah, it's a nice thing you can do. I've been to- seeing a lot of people in the park, like, uh, like I saw a whole group of like hipster dudes, like all playing like touch football and not wearing masks. And I'm like, I know you're not all in a pod together. <laughs> you're not in some yeah. like 17 person house. <laughs> That's, I mean, I just, I feel like I live on a different planet than some people. Yeah. I just don't totally get it. And I think part of it is like there is a way that people are like understand it like they don't understand it enough so they're just following other people's cues and it's like if they see someone else doing it they're like oh it's fine but it's like look at the numbers they're shooting up like crazy um especially yeah. in, in our age range so yeah it, it does it affects us it affects us it's so yeah it's just it's just wild a friend of mine was telling me that like yeah she one of her friends who lives in another state or just like hangs out with people who are like not as you know like whatever liberal as we are i don't mm-hmm. know or just like they're just like oh yeah i'm probably just gonna get coronavirus uh. <laughs> where i'm like ah! are you just like don't care that it's gonna be a really horrible experience and you might die and you might kill other people like that's you're just resigned to getting it that's just that's ah! so alien to me. I mean, especially because of the like long COVID some people have been having where it, like they keep having symptoms months and months later. Like that's what, you know, yeah. I, I don't want like a chronic illness. 
<laughs> I already have some chronic illnesses. I do not want more. I don't want more. And yeah. I don't know what the long-term, like, latent effects of it are. Like, maybe, you know, maybe even if you're asymptomatic, maybe something will crop up, like, 15 years from now because you have this, like, virus in your system. I don't know. Like, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I just, and it's not like I'm saying, like, everyone must live in fear at all times, but it's like. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you do need to live in a certain amount of fear of this. Like, if that's the thing that keeps you from yeah taking unnecessary risks. Like, I think what's happening, too, is, like, there are necessary risks that people are taking, like going to the grocery store or things like that. And they're like rationalizing taking additional risks that are the same risk level because they're already doing that. They're yeah. like, well, I'm already going to the grocery store. I might as well go to this other thing that's all. That's just like a party. And it's like, no, don't do the thing that is optional. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It's Have you encountered anyone who's like more careful than you are or like or, or, <laughs> or seems like seems like overly cautious? I don't think of anyone as being overly cautious. No. Yeah. But I also just am not encountering people because I'm so cautious. I don't know. Like, I don't think I have encountered anyone who is more cautious than like, I am about I, this. Maybe like just I've, my husband. I don't know. I've talked to people who, like, won't go on a hike right now. And that, to me, seems overly cautious. But who am I to say, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I would go on a hike, but not necessarily because... I, I think it's just more because I get stressed out. It's not because I'm like, I need... I don't think that's safe enough to do it's just that it's like going out and doing something like that there's so many opportunities for me to have like intense anxiety because oh yeah of, yeah like even just that, going to like griffith park and like walking around yeah it's just an unknown i think if i had done it and it was fine like and i didn't have a problem i, I might make a more regular habit of doing it but i right now i'm just sort of like it's more that i'm kind of like afraid of it being a stressful situation and I guess yeah. for me, it's just because there's so much space. It's like, it feels so safe. Like you're just, you you don't have to be close to anyone else if you're out there. Um, and yeah. because I, I go out there like almost every day, <laughs> like, yeah, it's really not, it's not bad. Even, even on like crowded days when a lot of families are out hiking, it still feels really, really yeah. low risk. Again, maybe when it cools off a little bit. Yeah. Don't go this weekend. It's like a hundred degrees. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I... I think I am at, as cautious as anyone else I know. Yeah, but. I'm pretty safe. I'm supposed to go to the dentist in like a week and I keep pushing my appointment because oh, I'm like... Do not go to the dentist. There's no fucking reason to go to the dentist right now. But, my, <laughs> but I have really bad teeth. Yeah, so, so do I. Yeah, should I just let, <laughs> let them... I just, let them rot in your head. <laughs> I mean, unless you have like a serious like toothache. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I know that, like, the dental industry, like, inflates how often you're supposed to go to the dentist. Like, you're not supposed to go as often as they say you are. Like, you don't have to. Like, I kind of an arbitrary am number, because but. my teeth are soft and full of cavities all the time. Oh, yeah. So it actually, when I started going, like, every three months, it did help. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, my dentist has been, like, on my jock trying to get me to come back. And I'm just like, uh, uh No. I, I I mean, I already told you about this, but I had such, like, an intense, stressful, like, medical thing happen where, like, I ran out of my thyroid medication, which I've been taking for, like, 12 years or something, um, mm -hmm. and 
my doctor wouldn't refill it because she was like, you need to get blood work done. You haven't had blood work done since September, which is less than a year ago. And my blood work was normal. And this prescription has changed once in 12 years. And it's not a fun drug to take. Uh, no, it's, it's not, not like fun. a control. It's not like you're going to take extra for kicks. No, it's not a controlled substance. It's like, it's just something that I need for my metabolism to work. And I was, I did not know that she wasn't going to automatically refill it because when I first got prescribed this, it was like by a doctor in San Francisco. And then I shortly after moved to New York and she just like kept renewing it automatically for like seven years, like without seeing me and without me like getting blood work done. Like, yeah, I never had a doctor automatically refills mine. Like I don't have to go see her. Yeah. It's not like. She's like, this, as long this as, works for you? Okay, great. We'll just keep yeah, on this. You level off and it's fine. Um, and my, my doctor did not warn me that she was not going to refill it without blood work. I just ran out and it didn't automatically refill. And so I had to call in a refill. And then I got a message from her like two days later saying she wasn't going to refill it because I needed to get blood work done. And I was like, what? And I was like, can I talk to her? Like, I don't want to make an appointment to go get blood work right now. Also, it's not a good idea to get your blood work when you've been withdrawing from the medication. Yeah. So, like, that doesn't make any sense either. Um, And so I, like, made a a video appointment for a couple days later. And then I – the video appointment started. And she was like, so what brings you here today? And I was like, I'd like a refill on my (laughs) thyroid medication. And she was like, okay, I'm going to write you a 90-day refill, but I will not refill it again until you get blood work done because it's been since September. And I was like – I'm just a little confused because I've never had to do this before and I wasn't given any warning. And so I'm just a little and she's like, well, those are the rules. And at this point, by the way, I've been without the medication for like five or six days, which that's really bad, which is really bad. And the withdrawal symptoms of not taking this medication are like sedation. Yeah, (laughs) it's like brain fog, like brain fog physical fatigue like you're not supposed to operate heavy machinery if you've been like withdrawing from this medication like it's a dangerous medication to go off and of. it takes like weeks to get back up to like an equilibrium like it takes a long time it takes a long time um and she was like well those are the rules and i was like okay i'll which is never an argument then. for anything like those are the rules okay when yeah like who it's also like how about you not be so intense about the rules during a pandemic when it's actually, like, not super easy to, like, go and get blood work done. Like, and so she she was like, okay. And I was like, okay, I'll make an appointment. She's like, okay. And she was like, is that it? And I was like, I guess so. And then she, like, hung up. Like, she didn't ask me how I'm feeling. She didn't ask me, like, she didn't, wasn't like, well, I'll warn you about the symptoms. And, like, she wasn't like, I'm sorry, I know that that sucks. Like, there was zero compassion in her voice at all about it. It was like, she immediately refused to refill it. Then a couple days later was like, fine, I'll, I'll refill it, but I'm not refilling it again. And, like. What a bad doctor. She was, I mean, I could not believe how callous she was being about it. And I tried to be, like. Be like, is there any reason why she could possibly have such a shitty attitude toward me? Like, I was treated like I was drug-seeking. Yeah. For arguably the least fun drug that I take. <laughs> <laughs> like, I take Adderall. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, it's so much easier for me to get my Adderall than it was to fucking... Anyway, uh, 
I wrote her an angry email right afterward. It was like, I wrote it and I didn't send it. And then I like talked to my friend who's a nurse and I Mm -hmm. was like, here's like a medical question for you. Should I chew out my doctor about this? And she was like, I don't know if you should spend any more emotional energy on it. And I was like, oh, I already wrote the email. And she was like, oh, then send it. Yeah, why not? (laughs) (laughs) It was like one of those things where like I knew it was probably going to fall on deaf ears. But I also was like, if there's a chance that she has another patient who she might treat like this, I want her to think for, like, one extra second about it. Yeah. Um, And I sent it. I was just like, I think it was really cruel and punitive of you to not, to refuse to refill my prescription when you knew I was going without it in the middle of, like, what was obviously a very stressful and confusing situation for me without warning. Like, and, you know, if I had known that that was a condition of me getting this refilled, I would have made an appointment, but no one told me. And you... I just don't understand why I was treated so callously when I was obviously hormonally imbalanced through no fault of my own. Yeah. And she just wrote back, I said I would refill the prescription and I did. What a fucking bitch. (laughs) And I like wrote her back again. I was like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way I was treated. (laughs) Like, and she didn't respond to that. Wow. So are you going to get a different doctor? Oh, yeah, baby. I'm never seeing this woman again. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it was really shitty. And then I immediately, like, went online and saw a bunch of really shitty reviews that people wrote about her. Oh, that's satisfying. It was pretty satisfying. Wrote a couple myself. <laughs> I, d- I, I was just, like, I was so fucking pissed off. I was also, like, first day of my period, like... Oh, yeah. It was just a perfect storm of h- hormonal shit. <laughs> but because this... <laughs> I'm on the first day right now, so... <laughs> Tread <Hell> lightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but because it's such a common medication, I just asked around yeah. to be like, does anyone have any extra of this? Because for a while, I had a shitload of extra yeah. because, like, something went wrong and they were sending me 90 days worth every month or something. Uh and I guess I just ran out of that. But um, I just asked around and one of my neighbors had like two two weeks worth of my exact dose oh, that she great. wasn't going to use because she actually took a higher dose. That's amazing. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I just went and got some right away. I was like, I should have done this immediately. <laughs> I almost ran out of mine and I was fucking freaking out. Um but it was oh, just man. because uh, Walgreens was having issues. <laughs> I will not order yeah. from them again. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, I don't... We should do some of our segments. <laughs> I guess we should. It's time for Chunch Chat, a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Ben Chunch. All right. Uh, this isn't about Ben Chunch, but I, I must address it because everyone sent it to me. Martha <laughs> took a sexy selfie. This happened weeks ago, but I'm still going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. And the caption was, my pool in East Hampton is the place to be on an 89 degree day. And then she goes on and on about the pool. But the picture is just like a gorgeous fucking hot, sexy Angie Dickinson looking selfie with perfect eye makeup and pouty lips. And Oh, yeah. Martha, She's doing duck lips. She is. And Martha just looks fine as hell. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, my God, Martha, first thirst trap. Uh, and then Kelsey Handler tried to mimic it and did her own version. That's pretty good. Um, and she captioned it. I'm here to take Martha Stewart 48's swimming lesson. If I look this good at 78, I better still have a pool to show myself off in. 
because uh, Martha is 78, which is kind of unbelievable. Wow, yeah. She looks really good. Um, and then Martha commented on Chelsea Handler's picture and said, Dear Chelsea, I'm so happy that you liked my post well enough to emulate it. I do think my pool is a little bit prettier than yours. <laughs> and that my facial so expression funny. is a little bit more relaxed. Nevertheless, you are a beautiful girl and fucking, all caps, fucking too young to be emulating me. (laughs) Continue with your comedy, your humor, and your amazing ability to gather around you political liberals. We need it. Love, Martha. (laughs) I mean, one thing we know for sure is that she is drinking a shitload in quarantine. Yeah. We know this. They did a whole thing on Last Week Tonight about it. Where they just showed a like a supercut of her getting drunk during quarantine. Yeah. Uh she's drinking a lot. She is, for sure. Although she could have written that totally sober. I wouldn't put a past her. She's making tons of special cocktails for herself every yeah. day. <laughs> I yesterday Adam was asking me, like, why do you like Martha Stewart so much? And I was like, Well, she's a savage and <laughs> I <laughs> and I I love her that even when she's complimenting someone she manages to make it sound so cutting like she's she like, neg- she nags them so hard so good like even when yeah. she says like you are a beautiful girl and fucking too young to be emulating me it sounds sort of like a dig like I don't quite know how yeah she does it. uh just always putting people in their place and she isn't taking any shit. We, we watched like a clip of her show. Um, and she was, uh, Adam said she was like making a remark about an ex-husband of hers and how he didn't like gardening and he would just lie by the pool listening to symphonies, whatever or whatever. And he, and so she got rid of him <laughs> and just like, <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, that's the thing about people who host like cooking shows is there's so much time for them to just fill with other stuff that they talk about that. Yeah. It's like, they slip in some weird shit while they're stirring the bowl or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like Martha, I feel like she wears stuff pretty close to the, the vest. Is that how that phrase goes? Like she's, she's not, yeah, she's not she holds it. Yeah. She's not that vulnerable. So when she does let something slip, it's like, huh. Yeah, I feel like she's really starting to show that she's like, oh, I'm getting older. There's no reason to be diplomatic anymore. Yeah. I think you can see it happening. It's been like a progress. She's like, what am I afraid of, you know? Yeah, I like when she she tries to kind of, you know, keep boundaries there. But I like it when she, you know, accidentally posts a picture of herself flipping off you know, Donald Trump portrait or whatever. Yeah. She's not, and she deletes it later. Like she doesn't want to like piss off, you know, her conservative supporters, but like, yeah, she's yeah. pretty clear about her political opinions. If you pay attention, um, she posted another thing recently with her French bulldogs and they're wearing masks in the picture, which is so cute. And she oh, wrote, man. uh, even the doggies wear masks for as long, uh, wear masks for as long as a couple of seconds, better than some people, by the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's great. It's really Um, good. Wait, while we're on the subject of masks, I really want to quickly point signal boost something that I also posted about on Instagram. And I think you posted about it, too, that handkerchiefs don't work. Yeah, bandanas. Yeah, not not the greatest. 
Yeah, good. The, uh, Basically the World Health Organization did a did some studies. Um, uh, do not use a bandana as a face covering. It's like even if it's folded a bunch of times, it's like at best doing like thirteen percent of the job of a normal mask. Not good. Not good. Don't do it. It is kind of um, hard to figure out. Like, okay, how do I like get a mask that's like triple layered with different fabrics? Like, that's not really something people are selling. Yeah, Mostly. it doesn't have to be like a bunch of different fabrics. Like, yeah, it, as long as there's like at least three layers of like one of the fabrics that they recommend it's like fine most of my masks are just simple cotton things yeah so i don't know um if you go to my instagram and see the like purple post that i made about it um uh our friend rachel posted a comment that links to a couple companies that make masks oh cool oh, and I'll, I'll look. makes them in way that support garment workers so oh, nice 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 i just ordered one i'll let you know how it is Although I did see official Sean Penn is coming out with masks soon that is just uh, Jim Carrey's The Mask, like, all over a mask. And I don't know, like, how, uh, you know, how helpful those masks are at preventing coronavirus, but I I will look into it. I want one. (laughs) Somebody stop me from buying a lot of those masks. Oh, man. Um, All right. That concludes Chunch Chat. We will be right back with One on Fun. It's time for One on Fun. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh my goodness. Um, Emily. Yeah. Is there like a specific hobby that you're tempted to try, but you're kind of worried will be too hard or frustrating? Oh, that's a good question. Is there one that you're holding yourself back from? Um, not really. I'm trying to think like, I think that I, uh, I mean, this is maybe too uninteresting of an answer, but like, I have thought about like writing poetry again because I used to do mm-hmm. that a lot when I was younger. And there's just this like real stigma in the comedy world against like doing things that are as earnest as that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like a little worried about how it'll come out when I do it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't need other people to read it. No. What it's if you write fun to do? What if you write funny poems? <laughs> like I have done that too, but I I don't think they're as good. <laughs> some dirty limericks. <laughs> that is not something that appeals to me for some reason. Some hilarious haikus. <laughs> no, you don't have to write funny poetry. Yeah. Have you have there been like hobbies that you've been afraid to try? Roller skating. Oh but right, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go for it. I don't, even though I haven't ordered roller skates yet, I've ordered all the protective equipment. So I ordered yeah. like the most like intense, like wrist protectors and elbow and knee and, and a helmet because I'm like, fuck this. I'm not getting like, yeah, I, I know yeah. I'm going to fall. So yeah, I might as well not be like in as much fear of doing that. Yeah. And I yeah. just, you know, I don't care about looking cool. I'm not going to look cool no matter what. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have like wanted, I wish I knew how to do like woodworking and stuff, but yeah. that's not something I can teach myself in quarantine without that, that, that's very dangerous. Um, so 
that's one that I wish I could do, but I don't. Like actual, like, carpentry? Yeah, because there's, like, stuff I'd like to build myself in the garden that I don't want to, like, buy all these specialized products that I could easily make myself if I knew just, like, a tiny amount of basic woodworking skills, but... I don't know. I bet you could learn with YouTube videos, but it also sounds a little dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like I could probably teach myself with YouTube videos if I were a more detail-oriented person. But because of my just sort of like approach to things like that, I know I would be not not focused enough to (laughs) do it properly. And I don't trust myself to do it. I'm just like afraid I would cut my finger off. You're going to like gloss over the whole safety part. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers, uh-huh. whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. It's like not something you can afford to really like fail at. Yeah. Um, Lisa. Yeah. Um, if you could have one, one musician singing voice, whose would you have? You've asked me this before. I have? Yes. What did you say? <laughs> uh, I think I said uh, Amy Winehouse. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'll think of a different question. No, that's okay. Uh, I, think, I think today my answer is different. I think today- What's your answer today? Uh, I'd love to sing like Rihanna. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's like a little uh, more specific and like- yeah, yeah. Not, not as, like, pretty necessarily, but, like, I like it. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. That counts. Um, we haven't done – I wanted to, like, sneak in some um, endorse horses. Yeah, let's sneak them. Baby geniuses endorse, letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset. Now here's something we endorse. So there's one I was going to do last time that I didn't do that I want to do now. That's because I've seen more and more people talking about it. And I want to be the person who recommended it to you before other people do. Ooh, what is it? Um, It's a show called Stath Let's Flats. What? And it's on, you, you can watch it on HBO Max. The character's name is Stath. And Staff? he is, yeah, and he lets flats. He's like, he he rents, he's a real estate agent. Um, And it's uh, Jamie Demetrio, uh, who played the rat guy on Fleabag, mm. the guy with the big rat teeth. Um, oh my God. He created it and stars in it. And it's just like so deliriously silly and amazing and funny. There's two seasons of it on HBO Max and he stars in it. His sisters also stars in it with him who you might have seen on What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. Um, and uh, it's just, it's like, it kind of scratches a Detroiter's itch. Ooh. It's just so, it's just so weird and funny. Um, we, it's, just, it's so good. You kind of have to watch it with the captions on because everything they say is kind of like slight nonsense. Yeah. Um, there's like, Every there's something wrong with every sentence in a little way, in a way that is amazing. Um, <laughs> it's super idiosyncratic. Anyway, I strongly recommend that. But um, the reason why I thought of doing the endorse horse right now is because I've also been listening to um, a lot of Brandy Carlisle, and I'm enjoying it. What's, um, what's Brandy Carlisle? She, she's just a musician who I, for some reason, had never listened to, but she can wail, and um, I really like her most recent album. 
But then the other thing that I was going to recommend was the uh, You Must Remember This series about Polly Platt that they just concluded that was really great. Um, and okay, I think that's it. Oh, I, yeah, I want to listen to that. I haven't listened to that podcast in a while. Yeah, I, I kind of go in and out of it sometimes based on what they're talking about. But this is like a very great series about sort of like how about specifically about um, misogyny in Hollywood and auteur theory being bullshit. And Ooh, I know just this, about that. <laughs> yeah. And this this woman whose contributions were constantly um, overlooked, mm-hmm. but who played a role in like a very important role in all of our favorite shit, like so much, so many projects came to be because of her involvement. Like the Simpsons, for one thing, might not have happened if she hadn't. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, she was the one who um, I think introduced James L. Brooks to the work of Matt Groening. Oh wow! <clears throat> um, and uh, yeah, and that's like later in her career, like early on. She used to be married to Peter Bogdanovich and. She was the one who, like, produced his movies, basically, and co-wrote them and probably kind of co-directed them with him, but he never gave her proper credit. And as soon as they, like, he, like, left her for Sybil Shepard, and then, like, they stopped working together after that, but, like, none of his movies were ever as good again. Wow. <laughs> when he stopped working with her. And, Interesting. But he was also obsessed with the idea of, like, auteur theory and stuff. So, oh, I anyway. Gotta, I gotta listen to that. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, fascinating, have- infuriating. Have you, uh, I have an endorsed horse. Uh, I've probably endorsed this already, but have you been watching I May Destroy You? No, I've been, I know I'm going to love it, but I haven't yeah. sat down and, and watched it yet. It's, uh, it's great. <laughs> All the I've things people are saying about it are true. Okay. I, I, I gotta watch it. Recommend. All right. These are good endorsed horses, I think. Good horses. Yes. All right. That concludes one on fun. We will be right back with Wiki of the Week. Hello, babies. Hello, babies. Um, It's still Max Fun Drive. It's still Max Fun Drive. A lot of you have been uh, reaching out to tell us how much you appreciate the show right now. We we really like hearing that. We love hearing that. We've been hearing from people, too, who are just, like, digging into the archives and listening to a bunch of episodes in order. And we're just so thrilled and lucky that we get to spend so much time with you. Um, and we're also really lucky that we have this podcast as an outlet, a way to hang out with each other, to hang out with you and feel like we're providing even a small amount of distraction to anyone right now. Yeah. Even still, I mean, it takes time and work uh, to keep producing this show for you guys. So We do put a lot of time into researching. Every- <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) that aside, (laughs) if you want to support us, it's easy. Membership at Max Fund starts at only $5 a month, which gets you all the bonus content. Yes. And you becoming a member is really what enables us to keep doing this. Um, and joining, you'll be able to access all the bonus content as long as you're a member. And there's a whole lot of it already waiting for you right now. If you choose uh, you, to join at $10 a month, you get a Max Fun membership card, a cool pin, and you also get the bonus content. 
Yeah. And if you join at $20 a month or more, you get this year's special gift, a MaxFun game pack featuring a custom dice set and a custom deck of playing cards, all with MaxFun designs. Just visit MaximumFun.org slash join to become a member. Here's a cool thing. You can also get a subscription for a friend for a year so you can both enjoy all the Boco and swag. (laughs) Boco. Short for bonus content. (laughs) (laughs) Boco. That's how you know we're cool. Um, Yeah. So in addition to getting one as a gift for a friend of yours, uh, you can also gift a subscription to someone you've never met who had to cancel this year due to COVID. So if you're in a position where you can afford to do this, you can make MaxFund membership possible for someone who's no longer able to do it. Really nice thing to do. You can yeah. just check the anonymous Max Funster box when filling out the online form at MaximumFun.org slash join. A huge, 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 huge thanks to all our members who've made it possible for us to keep doing this through all this time. Because of you, we've been able to figure out how to do this remotely, um, to keep this going. We can't thank you enough. So if you're ready to become a member to help support us and support this show, visit MaximumFun.org slash join. Help us keep making this show. Yeah. Yes, please. We know everything, baby I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Oh No, Ross and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I can walk again. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross, Ross and Carrie. Ona Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Valerie Rogers. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Valerie. It is the Wikipedia page for Nils Olav. <laughs> uh, should we jump into this first or do should we do our little? Oh, yeah. Uh, we do have other Wikipedia business to talk about. We have business. Yes. Yeah. So first, um, someone emailed us. Uh, I'm glad you got so much joy from Tristan de Kunha, which was our last uh, Wikipedia page, our last episode. Um, and they wrote, I'm surprised you didn't mention the bus service on the island, which is called the Potato Patches Flyer, <laughs> <laughs> which I can't believe passed, you know, by my notice. Like, I just didn't. I know. Again, I blame my withdrawal from Levothyroxin, but <laughs> I love also, that. There's also just so much about Trista de Kuna. It's like hard to know where to there's even. So, there's so much. And I feel like I, I, I wanted to th- think of some more stuff to talk about about it. For this week, but I forgot. But um, we should probably we should probably start a whole new podcast segment. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we, we will probably continue to talk about it. Um, talk about it occasionally. But yeah, they, the potatoes are such a staple crop there, and everyone grows them. Yes, that's another thing about Tristan Dacuna's. Everyone gardens, and everyone there was an uh, an article in uh, National Geographic 
about a guy who like visited there and he said that like one of the first things he did when he was walking around was like he helped an old man with his potato patch and then from then on everyone was like oh you're the guy who helped uh, so and so with his potatoes everyone gardens and there's no privacy <laughs> <laughs> um i uh, i also wanted to mention this page that i found on wikipedia or maybe someone oh, yeah. sent this to me or no may- oh i think i saw it on twitter actually um and it's a page for a recursive island or lake which is an island or lake that is itself within an island or lake. And I just, the page itself like isn't that interesting, but the contents of the page is like one recursive islands, islands and lakes, islands and lakes on islands, islands and lakes on islands and lakes, (laughs) islands and lakes on islands and lakes on islands Two (gasps) recursive lakes, lakes on islands, lakes on islands and lakes, lakes on islands and lakes on islands. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That is all the contents of that page. I love that Which so much. I really enjoy. It's just a, a bit of Wikipedia fun. Yeah. Oh, man. So th- those are some Wiki of the Week updates for you guys. And then there's also the Scottish thing. But Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, Lucy Dahl, uh, or Lucy Bloom, uh, alerted us to the existence of... Um, Wikipedia pages translated into Scots, which is a language common in Scotland. It's essentially the language everyone's granddad and uncle speaks, she says. Some people argue that it is a dialect, but it's actually a fully-fledged language. Um, And it's like, you can read it. You just have to wrap your head around the rhythm. This might be very difficult, but they have different pages that are translated into Scots. So, like, there's, like, the Wikipedia page for the Lion King, Mm -hmm. for example. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, do you want to give this a shot? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wanted to read the raccoon one. But, oh, go for it. <laughs> uh, the the raccoon, whilst spelt raccoon, for be kent as the common raccoon, North American raccoon, Northern raccoon, and colloquially as coon is a medium-sized mammal native to North America. <laughs> it's just like slightly spelled differently, kind of. Yeah. Some parts are spelled really differently. Yeah. Like, parts of the Lion King page, like, when Hein jinked the project, he wished to satisfied with the script, and the story (laughs) was quickly rewritten. It's like, what the hell? You kind of have to look at how it's written down to understand what we're even talking about. Yeah. But it's amazing. I just just really like that this is a thing that someone sent to us. (laughs) I really love it. Um, Thank you so much for sending that. Okay, let's return to our wiki of the week. Nils Olav. I'm sure everyone knows what that is based on the name. They don't. Yes. (laughs) I want everyone to take like a slight moment right now to just silently guess what you think this Wikipedia page is going to be about based on nothing else. What do you think Nils Olav is? Do you think it's a person? Do you think it's a place? Yeah. Do you think it's um, current, old? Uh, Just think about it for like a second. Okay. Okay. If you guessed penguin, you're right. Uh, uh, how could you ever guess? Brigadier Sir Nils Ilov III is a king penguin who resides in the Edinburgh Zoo, Scotland. He is the mascot and a, col- a colonel-in-chief of the Norwegian King's Guard, of course. <laughs> of course. The, the name Nils Olav and associated ranks have been passed down through three king penguins <laughs> since 1972, the current holder being Nils Olav III. <laughs> Role in the military. And by the way, there's two, there's three pictures on this page, and in every one of them, 
He just looks like a fucking person. <laughs> he's standing so upright. There, there's one where he's like inspecting the troops, uh, and he just looks straight up like Queen Elizabeth doing it. It's so funny. Okay. Role in the military. Norway, whose explorer, Roald Amundsen, was the first person to reach the South Pole in 1911, presented Edinburgh Zoo with its first king penguin at its opening in 1913. When the Norwegian Kingsguard visited the Edinburgh military tattoo of 1961 for a drill display, a lieutenant named Nils Egelian became interested in the zoo's penguin colony. When the Kingsguard returned to Edinburgh in 1972, Egelian arranged for the regiment to adopt a penguin. This penguin <laughs> was named Nils Olav in honor of Nils Egelian and King Olaf V of Norway. <laughs> I would like to arrange to adopt a penguin. Yeah. Nils Olav was initially given the rank of vice-corporal, lance corporal in the regiment. He has been promoted each time the King's Guard is returned to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> in 1982, he was made a corporal and promoted to sergeant in 1987. Nils Olav I died shortly after his promotion to sergeant in 1987. He was stressed by the job. I'm just kidding. Um, and his place was taken by Nils Olav II, a two-year-old near double. He was prom- <laughs> this penguin looked like this other penguin. <laughs> he was promoted in 1993 to the rank of regimental sergeant major and in 2001 promoted to honorable regimental sergeant major. Major. On August 18th, 2005, he was appointed as colonel in chief of the same regiment. Uh, the next honor was knighthood awarded during a visit by soldiers from the Norwegian King's Guard on August 15th, 2008. What I love is it's like every time we see him, we give him a promotion. And it's like, you don't know what he's been doing in the meantime. Like, yeah. he's not earning any of these promotions, but I do love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the knighthood was approved by King Harold V, and Nils was the first penguin to receive such an honor in the Norwegian army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> During the ceremony, a crowd of several hundred people watched the hun- 130 guardsmen on parade at the zoo, and a citation from the king was read out, which described Nils as a penguin in every way qualified to receive the honor and dignity of knighthood. Oh, my God. Were there penguins who were not qualified? And also... <laughs> It's just like, how shitty must you feel if you're a person who really wants to be a knight and they won't let you? (laughs) (laughs) But this fucking penguin. This fucking penguin. (laughs) During the 2005 visit, a four-foot-high bronze statue of Nils Olav was presented to the Edinburgh Zoo. The statue's inscription includes references to both the King's Guard and to the military tattoo. A state a statue also stands at the King's Guard compound at Husaby, Oslo. I found this when I was in Oslo. I know. Next time, I guess. Someday Next when I'm allowed to go back. Someday. Yeah. They'll never they'll never let Americans back in Norway ever again. <laughs> Nor should they. Um yeah. a third a third penguin, Nils Olav the third, took over at some point between 2008 and 2016. We don't know when, I guess. Yeah. When this penguin took over. Uh <laughs> took a while to figure out it was yeah. a different penguin. <laughs> <laughs> they August, did all they did a switcheroo on us. <laughs> they did. Penguins are always doing that. Yeah. On uh, August 22nd, 2016, he was promoted to brigadier in a ceremony attended by over 50 members of the King's Guard. Nils Olav now outranks Nils Agelian. Wow. Wow. What a betrayal. 
This is a short Wikipedia page, but I'm super into it. I'm clicking on the Atlas Obscura link just to... Oh, good. Yeah. Their coverage is usually great. There's not much more, actually. Yeah. He's referred to in Norway as a mascot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, He's really cute. I like... He has, like, a little armband. (laughs) He does. Yeah, what is that? How did they get that on there? I don't know. He must be very tame. Yeah. It might just be, like, a clip-on, like a clip-on earring. Yeah. But, yeah, he seems pretty tame. Um, I also wanted to give honorable mention to another page that Valerie sent in the same email, which was for Jack, in parentheses, baboon, who was a Chakma baboon who attained some fame for acting as an assistant to a disabled railway signalman in South Africa. Um, There was a guy who had a double leg amputee. He was a double leg amputee, and um, he trained this baboon to push his wheelchair. Um, And then... Also, to operate the railway signals under supervision. Um, and then someone saw a baboon doing that and was like, um, I'm reporting this. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the railway decided to officially employ Jack once his job competency was verified. The baboon was paid 20 cents a day and half a bottle of beer each week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it is widely reported that in his nine years of employment with the railway company, Jack never made a single mistake. so anyway honorable mention to that page that's basically the whole page (laughs) we we like animals with jobs yeah we do uh rob was asking i was like why are so many of these animals employed by the railway and i my theory is that i think they just get a little bit more publicity than the animals who are employed in like individual people's homes yeah it's so public facing. Like Annie has several jobs in our house, but nobody <laughs> knows it. She has to eat every fly. <laughs> it's a very important job. Oh man, Alan doesn't do shit. <laughs> Annie's a fucking killer. <laughs> um all right. Does that that concludes wiki of the week? Yes. Uh, it's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? I learned that Emily thinks I'll be good at roller skating. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, and I learned that, um... Did I learn anything today? I'm not sure I did. Yeah, I was on the fence. <laughs> um, I guess I learned that you're you're interested in roller skating. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know it surprised me too. Yeah, I I don't feel like I learned anything from that Wikipedia page. Like I liked it, but like, I liked it, but I didn't learn. It's one of those things where, like, when you learn that there's been a penguin who's been awarded knighthood, you're kind of like, I feel like I already knew that, even though I know I didn't. Yeah. It's that kind of a uh, piece of information, if you can even call it information. <laughs> yesterday, this is sort of related, but not really. Yesterday, I was scrolling in my like news app on my phone, which always like shows me like a lot of legitimate news, and then always something really silly that it knows I'll click on algorithmically. Um, uh-huh. And I clicked on this article that was about this giant crocodile in Africa, <gasps> like in Kenya, that had killed five people, including like three sisters who were schoolgirls. 
and in the 80s it killed them all and then they just sent it to like a crocodile farm and now he has two crocodile wives and he's mellowed out a lot since he got these wives <laughs> what and they were thinking about throwing like a wedding for these crocodiles and making them a meat cake <laughs> it was like my favorite news article i've ever read oh my god and like this crocodile killed people and now they're just like and we might throw him a wedding <laughs> And he's like 120 years old and he weighs like 2,200 pounds. Wow. And he's just like a vicious monster. <laughs> but he's Animal really- weddings are so funny. They're so just, funny. Why are we, why are, why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because we can. Because we can. Um, one of my favorite lines on The Simpsons is when Marge is like starting to like lose it and like. She's like, I just realized we never had a wedding for the dog and the cat. They've been living in sin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's our show. Uh, let's. I just want to express my gratitude one more time for uh, our members of Maximum Fun. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah. If you want to become a member for the first time or if you want to upgrade your membership go to maximumfund.org slash join um yeah (laughs) thanks to our producer rob para thanks to my brother nate heller for uh doing our theme songs and And goodbye goodbye. All right. One big thank you to everyone who listens. We thank you so much for being a part of this show's community. Yes. If you've taken the extra step to join as a MaxFun member, I just want to say thank you again from the bottom of my heart for making this show possible, for allowing us into your ears, for... <laughs> we like to get in there like a deep, yes. of deep illicit of, Q-tip. Of all of your orifices, that's the one we want. <laughs> <laughs> We're truly grateful for your support. So if you haven't had a chance to become a member yet, today is the best time to do that, really. Just do it. Uh, And you can do so. We're all trying new stuff right now. Yeah. (laughs) I think of all the hobbies to get into right now, becoming a Maximum Fun member and supporting baby geniuses is probably the best one. It's Um, a good one. And you can do it at MaximumFun.org slash join. Thank you. Hey, you've reached... Dr. Game Show. Leave your message after the beep. Hi, this is Sarah, and I'd like to tell you about Dr. Game Show. Dr. Game Show is a band of geniuses or nerds or brilliant artists or kids or some combination of all of those who get together to make a show like no other that's family friendly. It's an interactive call-in game show podcast. When I found Dr. Game Show, I found joy. I told my friends and family that if they weren't listening, they were wasting joy. I sent them the episodes that made me laugh until I cried. I played it for them in the car. They laughed, too. Laughed their butts off. But they still don't listen on their own, so they're wasting joy. And I keep looking for someone to understand me. Maybe it's you. Give Dr. Game Show a listen and find joy. Listen to Dr. Game Show on Maximum Fun. New episodes every other Wednesday. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. 
Audience supported.